And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything that is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. We're a little bit biased, though uh, recent results would say not. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, more importantly, on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. You can follow us on Facebook for all the latest news and information covering Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language all in one spot. That is facebook.com slash HEFpod. Give us an email and let us know what you're thinking. And that is hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Of course, you can always uh, join our Discord chatter, which we post uh, weekly links uh, to on face our Facebook page in addition to uh, our Twitter feed. So if you ever need uh, if you if you're not on either of those two but you do want a link, uh, send us an email uh, heyandrocrafford at gmail.com and we'll shoot you a link uh, that you can share then with your friends, family, and everyone else who uh, has interest in the Eintracht. So uh, we've had a, a fun weekend again with the Eintracht facing off Mrs. Kuhn. Uh, next up is someone a little bit more well-known than Kuhn, though not gonna lie, Kosh is a hell of a beer to uh, you know, uh, kind of be known for, <laughs> uh, but now we go uh to this weekend to the home to the home of the Oktoberfest. No, we're I mean we're not going there. Uh, we're playing them. Anyways, uh, we'll be buying at the weekend. But uh, to here to talk about everything about the news, you know, retirements, players leaving, players going, all the rumors, and um, you know, also the stuff behind the scenes. Uh, is Chris in Detroit? Chris, how is the Motor City, and are you keeping warm in this cold spell that's hitting, uh, for anyone who's listening outside of the United States, the rest of the United States is really suffering. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Digging out of the snow still. We're sitting on about a foot or a little more snow, but I will not be complaining about that. You know, we got a lot of listeners down south, through the Midwest, down into Texas that uh, don't have power, don't have water, so I'll take a little bit of snow. Um, I hope everything gets better down there. When we say down south, folks, um, the distance between Detroit and, say, uh, Austin, Texas, is well over a thousand miles. So, I mean, it'd be like talking, you know, someone in Denmark talking about someone who's down in the boot hill of Italy in terms of uh, <laughs> a difference in uh, locations and everything else. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. guess that's uh, the best comparison I can give for that. Uh, though I'm sure everyone is like, oh, dear God, that is a long, long, long way. And, yes, we're still all one country. Somehow, some way, that is uh, kept going. Anyways, enough talk about us Americans. Let's talk about uh, the Eintracht at the weekend. Um, yeah, so we took on the old rivals, the Billy Goats, and we came away two nil victors we have another clean sheet uh to our name that is two to the season in all competitions pokal and uh bundesliga uh the other one in case people have forgotten was uh the win over bielefeld that kind of kick-started the not excuse me not bielefeld uh uh that was augsburg that kind of kick-started our extremely good run of late and uh here we are we're not talking about the Eintracht uh, winning eight of the last nine. That's quite a run. Uh, no one in the Bundesliga has been earning more points in uh, 2021. So um, that's exciting in case anyone uh, is keeping track at home. That's uh, two more points than our uh, adversaries for the weekend. So, you know. It's a good spot to be in. Chris, what were your initial thoughts um, as the Eintracht was running out against Cone? Because I'm pretty sure you had one, more than a different opinion of the first half as to the whole match in itself. You know what? It was a clean sheet. Um, that's the number one thing to take out of this. We've been begging for it. We haven't had many of them. Um, we have as many clean sheets now as we have losses. And I would have expected both of those numbers to be a little higher at this point, but it's not. Um, and thankfully we've been able to come out with wins even without the zero on the opposing score line. 
but um, the general takeaway from the first half, we were still in control. Uh, there wasn't a point, even though I was frustrated with the scoreline, there was never a point where I said, you know what? Um, we're playing like shit. We didn't. We didn't play our best, but we still maintained general control of everything. And um, the easiest way to win against a Cologne team to- that has been struggling this season, and but in the last month or so has really actually earned most of the points that will probably mean that they will um, survive relegation, though not very easily. Yeah, um, but just when you're going up against a bad team that's far lower in the table, you know you're supposed to win. And sometimes that pressure has gotten to us in the past, uh, going up against lower-level clubs, knowing that we're supposed to be winning, but we're not. Um, But we didn't lose that composure. And the best way to win is to prevent the other team from shooting. And they had one single shot on target the whole match. So that put us in a good spot. Well, um, yeah, going to uh, the first half, it seemed like the Eintracht should have already been up 3-0. And many other folks who were watching the match have really echoed the same sort of uh, vibe that Eintracht should have been up big early, and this should have been like a runaway train sort of match. You know what? We didn't end up taking our chances in the second in the first half as much as we did the second half, but you know what? We came away victors. I think it. I mean, in my head, there's a little bit of me thinking that you know if we kept on like piling on the goals like we started just just pulverizing them in the first half and then uh adding more in the second one i think uh i think that we would have seen jovic come in a little earlier than he did you know just hey the game is out of reach let's make sure that our bench guys are staying sharp and keeping up their match fitness and all that jazz then i think Jovic would have probably uh, scored a goal, but more importantly, I think the clean sheet would not have been uh, secured, I don't think. Uh, the way that our defense kind of has... Oh, look, we, we've got we've seen this defense get better and better um, as the season has come along, really since uh, Tuta has taken over in the central back, uh, center back uh, trio. Intica was good for it, got his goal. Hinterrega was... Uh, being his usual uh, solid uh, self. And, uh, yeah, Tuta has been evolving as a player. I really like what he's been doing. I just kept on thinking that if we piled on the goals, we would get a little lackadaisical, and then, you know, we would have conceded a goal. I just thought that that was coming. And it didn't, which really uh, made me quite satisfied with the performance, specifically defensively, considering who we're up against at the weekend. It's pretty amazing given where we were just in the early part of January just a month ago dreading losing the captain David Abraham and and thinking what on earth are we doing not bringing in more depth there and thankfully we've stayed healthy back there uh you know there there will be injuries and we'll have to deal with it but quietly the defense in their development has been the best part of the last few weeks mhm I can uh, agree with that. It, I think what has helped is Hase be playing a more of a midfield uh, maestro uh, sort of role where he's flowing in between defense and the midfield, uh, providing a real stable, uh, you know, a real stable body that can help things out. That I mean, and let's be honest, his football brain is something that uh, any team would be desperate for. Because you kind of don't come across guys as good as him. Yeah. Um, You know what? So where we're going the next few weeks into a harder part of the schedule, it's it's kind of hard to look at our success the last couple months and not get overexcited. But we do have to remember that was a little bit softer part of our schedule. So we have to reserve a little bit of optimism. As exciting as it is, we do have to reserve it just a little bit because things are about to get harder, especially this week. I would, I can totally agree on that. It's something that we, you know, look where we benefited from, but 
multiple people have said, hey, look, if we can take advantage of this right here, then we're all good to go. And I think that we're going to be successful down the road. Um, a little bit of, I guess the loan thing uh, to kind of cast a shadow over this match uh, is Dribble So uh, picking up a yellow card in the second in second half. Excuse me, not uh, second half, fir er, first half. So he's going to be out uh, for the uh, Bayern match, which, which sucks because So has been, you know, very transformative. And I could, uh, I personally believe that this, that this team wouldn't be as successful uh, without him in the starting lineup. Um, what are your... Uh, it's more of a, damn it, we're not going to have one of our best guys that we got, so... Yeah. Um, so I don't think it'll hurt us as much just because his expected replacement off the bench and, and Rhoda is somebody that we're accustomed to. Uh, but so has been very stable there. Uh, no arguments about his play. He's, he's a physical player. Uh, it's a little concerning that we have three guys that have had five or more cards this year, but that's kind of the identity of our team right now. They're physical, they're gritty, and it's unfortunate the week he has to be suspended for. But, you know, I, I can't blame him. He, he works really hard, um, often goes totally unnoticed for an entire match until you look back at the details and say, man, that was, you know, really important play that he made or breaking up a counter or opening up, um, you know, an opportunity on the other end. So definitely going to hurt having him gone, but I don't think um, that's the worst position to lose someone at. Yep, we'll just have to learn to deal. Maris just one match uh, that he will be suspended for, but it just sucks that it's a, it's a pretty big one. So, you know what? Um, for all of those camped firmly on So Island, we'll be able to get by. We'll, we'll be okay. You know, we'll... We've been able to win matches with them. We can win without. And um, who who would you like to see um, in the midfield in his place? I mean, obviously Rhoda could fill in the void, but I, he he doesn't really fit the kind of same mold of player um, as So does. Yeah, that that was a debate that we had um, on the Discord chat yesterday. Is Rhoda the one that that takes over that role against Bayern? And I guess we'll get more to it later. Or is it going to be Hasebe? Because Sal's biggest um, asset is his ability to break break up possession from the other team in the middle. And that would be more of a Hasebe thing than a Rota thing. Um, but I think if you're going to beat Bayern, you have to have scoring opportunities. And I don't see that being generated by Hasebe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a he's got a fun uh, long shot when he wants to go for it. But you know what? I think uh, Rold is going to, for me, I mean, mm, to me, he seems like the most likely uh, player to be inserted because uh, it definitely isn't going to be like an ill sinker. I think that is something that uh, we should look to um, increase, you know, uh, something that we need to uh, direct area that we need to improve on uh, when it comes time for you know making summer transfers. So that's maybe that's just me, but uh, it, it's, it's something not, that you suddenly it, realize. Oh wow, he's a. Uh, we don't really have someone a like for like kind of anyone who's close to a like for like uh, replacement. So you know, at, at this point in time, uh, we're also at uh, deal with it. It's just going to be a one match dealio, and. Uh, We'll go from there. It just, um, I, I, I'm having to remember back to a player that we used to keep in that sort of role. But, you know, the last, you know, the team was so much different under Kovac uh, that there wasn't so unlike so in the lineup that we were able to uh, put out, unless you want to go back to uh, Stindera himself and you know the very i think it was um the first leg he was match against uh, nuremberg um but uh 
much. <laughs> it's been a long time since we had a player of So's uh, talents and characteristics. Uh, he, he's not going to make a difference in any match, but he's an important aspect in that midfield in every match. So um, that's, you know, we're not going to have a huge step down with Rota or uh, Chris and Austin, you know, says Il Sanker kind of half-heartedly, but <laughs> crazier things have happened. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in theory, I guess you could, uh, um, you uh, pull Kamada further back if you wanted to into a more centralized role. Actually, which just dawned upon me. Perhaps Zuber. Perhaps he's able to. We're able to see what he's able to uh, give to us because you know that was something that he, you know um, most people who knew him from his Hoffenheim days said that playing more from the central the midfield is all where. You know, his skills lie, not necessarily out on the wing. So uh, him, Kamada being pulled further back and using uh, having Barcock start. But that does mean that we're going to be, you know, uh, by us kind of moving things around. It will kind of leave us with fewer options coming off the bench. So, I mean, hey, with a test this weekend, you kind of can't ask for anything uh, bigger to be able to, uh, you know, Try out, you know, a little tactical nuances that Hutter uh, should have in his arsenal. I mean, you could even uh, Toro. I think it was another guy who, you know, uh, provide us with uh, some interest there. But now, look, we're all. It's gonna suck with gone and uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not much else that I think that I can really say about that. Uh, so that being said. Um, Chris, anything else to add uh, in regards to Eintracht versus Cohen uh, before yes. I end with uh, Silva talk? Yeah, um, where Durham decided he was going to be Cristiano Ronaldo and taking shots from every corner and angle and ridiculous stuff on the pitch. Um, it kind of worked <laughs> out in our favor once, but I prefer he not attempt seven or eight shots a match. Just feed the ball into the guys with the skilled shots. Um, I. Look, the the Silva one worked out because the ball landed at his feet. He controlled it and chipped it over the goalie. Um, but we can't have guys like that just taking baseless um, shots that really don't have a chance. Um, that kind of upset me because he didn't do it once or twice. He did it three, four, or five times. And those are killing scoring opportunities. Mm -hmm. but it worked out in our favor, so I'm not going to kill him too much. All right, then. Well, I'm going to be a little bit more positive on the fact that, yes, look, he wants to score goals. That's what he is here for. And, you know, at times I kind of wonder uh, why he will go for kind of the random bits that he does go for. But I keep on looking at the ma the sheer magnitude, the sheer amount of goals that we have from him. And... I mean, look, this is a ridiculous tally that he's on. Uh, 18 goals so far on the season. The record for a non-German goal scorer in the Bundesliga era is 20. Uh, that was set by, oh God, I think it was uh, uh, Yeboah um, in the early 90s. So quite a long time since we've had someone uh, with that. Uh, many goals. Uh, 26 is the all-time uh, single-season best. Uh, said back. Uh, said back in the 70s. If I'm, if I'm asked right, uh, I think that was Holbein. Anyways, um, it's been a long time since we've had someone uh, at this kind of a scoring tally. You could say that. It, you know, when we had the Buffalo herd, that the goals were kind of spread around a little bit more. But now, with, but with the current setup, that Silva's more that kind of got all out scoring guy. So I'm look, I think he's going to take his chances. Um, if you remember back to the way that he played in the Pokal, he really kept on trying and trying to do it alone. So um, I think. 
he's got more confidence in his teammates. So uh, when it comes to this weekend's match, he'll be a little bit more of a team player as opposed to the individual effort that we were having. But that's, you know, hey. Uh, let's leave a little bit more of the prediction time for the Eintracht versus uh, Bayern discussion. So, Chris, I think it's time for a hashtag. What are we drinking? What have you brought uh, for us for today? Today. All right. So this is a repeat, um, but I just discovered some details on it. I'm drinking from American Freedom Distillery Horse Soldier whiskey. It tastes good. It's delicious. Um, but it's brewed in, or it's, uh, distilled in Columbus, Ohio, hashtag fuck Ohio, mm-hmm. but, um, I like your whiskey. So oh God. I can't wait to hear Twitter on this one. Sorry, Ohio, but you know, I'm from Michigan. I have to hate you. Oh dear God. Uh, well, anyone who, uh, is from Ohio, um, that's on him. You know, I have only visited your state when I have uh, been using uh, your airports in Cleveland and uh, Cincinnati. Though, well, now that I think of it, isn't the Cincinnati airport in Kentucky? It is. Right. Oh, yes. there we go. Uh, I guess I've only been to one. Anywho, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to this kind of cold winter weather, there's nothing better than a good gloom vine. And, um... Yeah, before the snow came in, went to Trader Joe's and got me some Hark and Holly that they offer there. Look, it's I know I'm skipping, uh, skipping a step. You know, I'm not making it myself with the spices, with the red wine. You know what? I just went for it, tossed it on the stove, and uh, golly, it does uh, taste great. You know, you can taste the cloves, the nutmeg, vanilla, the cinnamon. Oh. There's all sorts of uh, spices that are in this bad boy. And you know what? It's simple. You just put it put it on the stove, heat up, and then you're good to go. And I, you know, and I uh, can give you a nice buzz too. <laughs> good stuff. One of my favorites. Oh, to that I say Prost. And uh, we'll be back with segment two. Talk about all things and news and information on the Eintracht. And, of course, preview for the... F- Preview for uh, the weekend. Stay with. Back segment two. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Brian and Chris discussing all things about the black, white, and red, all with the eagle crest. You know the good times are a rolling. Um, though every single time that I ever see a score goal, it does. I <laughs> just do the nature of the. <clears throat> The animal, the eagle. I just keep on thinking uh, about that line from uh, what was that song from like the early two thousands called? Uh, actually, you know, I'm not going down that route. Uh, all just I remember it. is we, uh, we, we fly you. high, no lie. <laughs> you know this. Uh, I won't kind of fill in the rest because I don't really want to embarrass everyone else or make everyone else just turn off because of my bad singing. Eh, it comes and goes, but you know, uh, not exactly Freddie Mercury here. Saying people uh, would pay good money to hear you sing that song. That'll <clears throat> be a premium feature. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention this um, for the Eintracht versus Cologne uh, match. Did you see Jovic uh, leaving the pitch kind of all you know whiny and pouty? I didn't realize he was that loud. And he also yeah, so- that's something that I'm. I, I don't think I need to look too uh, into, but I mean, it is something that I'm kind of like, all right, it's something we need to be cautious about. But at the end of the day, I believe that, you know, Jovic would like to be uh, a little bit more the focal point. I think he looks at Silva and probably thinks to himself, you know what? What the hell? I did this once before. I, c- I should be able to do it again. And he's not getting it. Do you th- see this as a. Uh, problem well the the only problem in it is that we're still winning 
So it's not mm. like, you know, we, we brought him back and not that that's a problem, but I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. Um, we brought him back with all the fanfare, the every inch of social media was covered with his picture and covered by the Bundesliga and every other outlet that covers European football. Um, and he had that success at when, when he first returned. So I don't think it's a anger that he's not getting enough time, but he's a guy who always wants to impact the match. And you could see it the first time he was here when he wasn't as productive, he beat himself up for it. He really expects the most from himself. Now, that being said, uh, we brought him back to be a scorer and he's not going to have that opportunity if he's only out there 15 minutes a match. So we can get away with him in garbage time against Cologne, against um, the LFL. That's fine. But we're playing Bayern this weekend. And I think this is the kind of match you brought someone back like of his caliber to have an impact. in. So I would hope if we're sitting on a 0-0, 1-0, whether we're winning, losing, doesn't matter. I hope we see him at halftime or shortly thereafter because 15 minutes against Bayern is not why we brought him back. I agree. We need, uh, but the thing is, we need depth and he provides it. And I do see that Silla eventually is going to, you know, break down. It's just, you know, it's just too likely that, hey, you know what? You get banged up in training and then you're doubtful in the lead up to the match. And then, uh, yeah, I think having Jovic in our team will allow for us to uh, succeed going forward. So exciting times. And uh, needless to say, because, hey, you know what? When you're winning, not only must to complain about eight. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's get into something that we can whinge about just a tiny bit. Uh, Bruno will be uh, leaving the Eintracht as sporting director. Uh, came to us uh, nearly a decade ago from Duisburg after leading the Zebras uh, to a Pokal Finale appearance. Um, what have you made of his job that he has done with the Eintracht? Considering that if you look at his span of work, he really has been with us from uh, bad moments where we got relegated, bringing us back up, getting us to Europe, having the, about, uh, the up and downs times, Kovac and now Hutter, you know, multiple Pokal uh, finale appearances, of which one where we uh, lifted uh, the big old gold cup, and then, you know, uh, two run deep runs into Europe. And, uh, hey, look at where we're at right now. I, I would say that he's done... In the in the shadows, he's done a pretty good job at uh, assisting uh, kind of the the player recruitment. How much of a handle on it these days with Bobich around? I kind of have my doubts, but I think he's been a good steadying influence whilst you've had plenty of change happening at the club and all other facets of the area so that his decade with the Eagles really has been, you know, as much of a calming influence as you can ask for. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like you said, he's been here since 2011. So he ran the gamut from a relegation and then the subsequent promotion all the way up to uh, keeping us out of that out of that relegation zone, and then all of a sudden the Pokal win, the European appearances. So he's seen every angle of it, and you know you you mentioned Freddie Bobich. He's been around the last few years of it, but um, but Bruno was here for the entire thing, um, and Bobich gets a lot of the credit. But the whole front office staff, it's a very large operation. And you can't just identify one person that makes a change. But certainly, as long as he's been here, as far as European football goes, uh, sporting directors don't stay in position for a very long time. Uh, most front office personnel turnover every three, four, five, six years would be a long time. So to be here a decade is great. And um, I couldn't think of a more fitting way for him to go off than with a Champions League qualification. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I mean, do you foresee him uh, taking up another job or do you see him kind of taking a lot of time off, if not uh, just calling it quits? 
I'll be honest, I don't know too much about him, but beyond his impact uh, with our club, but he's only 60 years old, and and the success of the last decade, the rise of Frankfurt, not just um, football-wise being competitive again, but market internationally and, and reaching out, being known to have up to 14 nationalities on your on your roster at one time. Uh, that's a reflection of the universal nature that that someone like Bruno brought to the club and and made that a stamp on our identity. So I think there will be a lot of clubs um, interested in him because of the success he had here and the model that they used to build him. I agree. It um, is a shame. Uh, it ca- it does kind of make you wonder who's going to be brought in because uh, he is. I guess if you look at the team, um, him and Hasebe are the last of the Bruchhagen era. If you look at our, if you look at our, no, if you look at the, um, if you look at the squad, who else is specifically? Um, I guess you could say Kevin Trapp, but remember, Trapp left and then he came back, and. Ch- uh, you shucks, uh, Chandler as well, but yeah, I mean, there's not many guys uh, left from the Bruchhagen uh, days, and uh, that just shows how much of a turnover we've done in the last couple of years. Uh, but hey, you know what? We'll see what uh, we'll see what the new era brings. I'm sure that uh, Bobich has uh, someone in mind. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, when it does come down to should, you know, Bobic uh, staying long term or leaving or whatever, you know, that Bobic does promote someone uh, to this role with the Eintracht that will allow for us to uh, continue to move an upwards trajectory with the end goal to for me being that we lift the Meister Schala and not Bayern. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said it all there. We're looking forward. You know, we thank you for the past, but we're looking forward now. And it's a good transition to bigger and better things. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right. Uh, Bruno talk all done. Um, so let's talk a little. So let's go back to Silva. Um, there is some chatter now. I think it's mostly down to the fact that he's just has scored so many goals of late. But now we're having chatter of him being linked to a move. Uh, to finance the move uh, to bring uh, Jovic back, uh, back to the club full-time. Um, are you okay with this? Because I would think that 70 million euros, that can go a long way in terms of uh, making sure that Jovic has uh, a fee paid to Real Madrid that they will be okay with letting go. Plus, you know, he'll be on more wages than he was at Frankfurt, but less than he was at Real Madrid. If you know you make that move, uh, are we, this these kind of links kind of unnerve me uh, quite a bit. But uh, I want to to get your thoughts on this. We're at a point um, shortly after the January transfer window where there's so many rumors and ideas out there because we have no moves to be made now for a few months, and everyone's going to talk, 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 especially. Um, when there's clubs out of competition or, or out of a uh, cup play and out of title contention, the talk goes rampant about this player moving here, that player moving there. Um, as far mm-hmm. as how it sets us up, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a whole lot of money involved and Freddie Bobich has shown the ability to take a little bit of money and make it go a long way. So I'm not sure how I, I would feel about, Jovic being here full-time permanently. I mean, I certainly love the guy. He's done great things for us in the past. I like his ability now. Gosh, I don't know. I'm torn on this one. What do you think? I think um, it's all really down to is the club going to be able to have... Look, if we qual- depending on which European competition we qualify for, I think we... If we get just the Europa League, I think we're then looking at not enough money to keep both. And so you have to pick one or the other. I think I know where the fans will be 
in that. They'll want Jovic back at the club. Let's be honest. And just be like, hey, Silva is at a very high point. We can get Jovic back. I think that's the kind of move that will be made if we only make the Europa League. If we make the Champions League now... There's an entire other thing, and you can kind of comment on this uh, in your own kind of line of work as in American sports, you know, we, you know, some clubs are starting to say, hey, you know what, we could possibly look at, you know, bringing back some fans in some sort of capacity, but, you know, we're we're a little bit crazy over here, let's be honest. Um, Europe, the va- vaccination rollouts have been, you know, kind of dogged by all sorts of shenanigans, uh, not really getting into the weeds too much on that, like... The season wouldn't start until September. If we're in the Champions League, and I think this uh, fans coming back also plays a big role because, you know, there are other teams in the Bundesliga who are going through money problems, and if it wasn't for us making some big sales and doing really good right now, you know, we'd start worrying about do we have to sell just to keep our asses afloat because, you know, as much as our ticket prices in Germany are really cheap when it comes to the tickets, um... They've got no income coming in, and that makes you over-reliant on the avenues that you already have, which makes things a lot more difficult, because uh, I can already think of like what Schalke is going to have to go through, because uh, their stadium is absolutely enormous, and without uh, match day revenue for them, that is really something that could permanently damage that club a long, long term, you know. Uh, to the point that look where Kaiserslautern currently is, and think of how many fans are at their matches. They long by a long shot outdraw everyone in the Dritte Liga when they had fans, but you know, um, with, without that match day revenue, it it really is a big question of can we make any of these moves happen? And I still think that. The likelihood is Silva is going to go at the end of the season, especially if he continues at his goal-scoring pace because someone's going to throw down enough money that we're like, you know what, this is more financially secure than anything else, regardless of if we're in the Champions League or not. It sucks, but it's just the way of the world. And you know what, we'll be able to ensure... A sale of Silva, that would be what? 60, 70 million is what we could probably uh, ask people to pony up. I honestly think that of the biggest teams that are out there, because, well, one, uh, in Milan, I think that they would almost be entertained the possibilities of bringing uh, Silva back just because Zlatan is older than anyone who has ever been on this podcast before. <laughs> someone's going to have to replace him. And, you know, the likelihood is really small, but, you know, there are clubs out there who will be willing to spend the money because, you know, they do have that persona. And Silva's, you know, still reasonably young. So there's a lot of people who would be interested in him. I mean, most of the likenesses, uh, the most of the interests come from uh, England. But, you know, I wouldn't say that a sale to, say, Paris Saint-Germain wouldn't be out of the realms of possibilities. I mean, I don't know where the hell he'd fit in, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think he would go to either of the two biggest of, uh, of Spanish clubs because Real Madrid and Barcelona are in such financial messes themselves. Uh, this is pre-pandemic. It may, I won't be surprised if Atletico Madrid, they have money. They just are being really conservative with it right now. You know, that could make a major move for them, but it would be hard for them to pull off. I do think that there is enough interest to get Silva. I really do. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's going to be a huge market for him. The question is that it impacts Eintracht Frankfurt is um, are we going to pocket money from Silva, pocket money from the Champions League, put ourselves on financial stable, st- a financially stable footing going forward the next couple of years, or do we want to compete when we get, if, you know, I'm assuming, if and when we get to the Champions League, do we want to be competitive? Um, we cannot sell Silva and pocket Champions League money and be competitive. I think if we're going to compete, 
oh, about you know, making it out of a league. But if we want to compete in league play, um, that all hinges on saying, hey, we're happy with the Champions League money, but we're going to keep Andre Silva at least for one more year. It's a risk. Uh, it's a huge you risk. Know, shoot. So long as we finish in Champions League, you know, you, you just don't know who else can be brought into the club. Because uh, suddenly, once you – Champions League, that's the kind of money, honestly, where I would want us to reinvest is more high-end of the players who can – help us sustain this success, lock them into longer term contracts, make it harder for them to be pried away. And if hell, if Silva's going to be pried away, they better pony up with us really using that money to properly reinvest into the club. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. Cause I think with Dortmund doing Dortmund things, Schalke, another team who usually is in the European races, not being uh, an entity. Stuttgart is kind of a uh, one, maybe two years away from making those additional steps to be back to at a European level. I mean, what are we? Leverkusen, they kind of flirt in and out all the time. Gladbach is the same way, but they look definitely like they're not going to be able to pull through, at least when it comes to the Champions League at present. And, you know, that lead, that really makes the Champions League race in the Bundesliga just so interesting because, uh, you know, ourselves and Wolfsburg, we have, all we have is the Bundesliga. You're one match per week. Eh, I Hold on. Uh, I guess they're still in the Pokal, so that can take away from that on on that end. But we're in a unique position where we can really seal up Champions League action because Leverkusen, they're participating in the Europa League. Dortmund was just in the Champions League. That didn't look too bad from an attacking standpoint. Their defense still looks like shit the very moment that, you know, there's any set-piece action going on. Uh Gladbach, they got their focuses there. And then you go further down the Bundesliga table. Who else can uh, catch the Eintracht who isn't playing in Europe? Are you telling me that Freiburg can catch us? Look, I think that this is just one of those years where Freiburg, you know, surprises people, but they are never able to get into the Champions League action. Um, I already talked about Stuttgart. If you're going to say that Bremen's got a shot, I'm going to just laugh you uh, out of the building. And Union, look, there's a, they've been on a slump for a long while. And they were, when they were on, you know, you honestly thought of them as a European contender because of their continuity. Well, they don't really have all too much depth and uh, it's showing right now. So this is where it, this run against all the weak teams, this has given us the kind of confidence that allows us to go up in a match against Big Bad Bayern and really think, you know what? If we freaking take something from this, screw it. We're only playing another 12 matches, we can secure the amount of points that are necessary to ensure Champions League, which is millions upon millions of euros, uh, television revenue, hopefully, you know, moderately full stadiums will be allowed, at least for the group phase. Um, and you just kind of never know uh, what might happen. Because if you get Champions League, you finish in third place. That's guaranteed uh, spring uh, European competition. And shoot, we saw how we looked when we got things going uh, in the Europa League. We made it all the way to the semifinals. And to be honest, if we would have played Arsenal in that final, we would have won. We would have been in the Champions League that very year. We would have been able to lift a trophy. Maybe I'm getting greedy, Chris. Stop me Stop me when no, you think I'm on right. the edge. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you brought Ryan's up rant over, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the qualification for Champions League, Champions League this year is more important than any other year, simply due to the financial impact. We can almost, not fully, but we can almost write off the losses from the last 12 months with a qualification. And there's only, there's only a couple, a couple clubs in the Bundesliga that would feel that as much as us. Um, you know, the other plastic ones or, 
you know, the, the one at the top that likes to just spend, 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 they, they're not as impacted by this, by this pandemic as, you know, the more modest clubs like the Frankfurts and, uh, Gladbach, Freiburg, those other clubs that would fight to get in that could really use the benefit and the, the write-off that a Champions League spot would provide. Um, there's a unique matchup coming this weekend that'll have a big European impact with Freiburg and, and Union Berlin. Uh, I think if somebody takes three points out of that, they look much better for Europe than whoever loses that. I think there will be kind of a, a delineation made there um, between that eight and nine spot. That's, you know, we're running low on matches left to play. So as far as its impact on Europe, I think this is kind of the breakaway weekend for the top half and the bottom half of the table. I could agree with that, uh, especially considering uh, the triple header that you have on Sunday is kind of, uh, to me, not as exciting as it typically should be. Because uh, let's be honest, uh, at the weekend, uh, uh, the Sunday matches were way more interesting than the Saturday matches. But, you know, we're a little bit biased, as we always say here at Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, when you have uh, Leverkusen Leipzig playing against Hertha and Augsburg, respectively, snooze. Uh, just saying. <laughs> no, I mean, the, I'm sure that they will actually turn out to be quite more more interesting than they have been. And then you have Hoffenheim and Bremen. It really makes the Saturday it matchups just that more interesting because, look, Friday, going to be kind of dull. Northern clash between Bielefeld and Wolfsburg. But, I mean, you know, it's the Saturday matches that are key. As you mentioned, Freiburg, Union, us, and Bayern. Uh, and, of course, the Revier Derby has top spiel on Saturday, which I know is nowhere near as interesting. But it is the Revier Derby. And you just never know. Shaka has always pulled out quite interesting results. And if Shaka was to bail themselves out at any point in time, it will be now. <laughs> Via Haven't a we been saying here. that and, for uh, months? I don't know. Maybe I'm wishful thinking and hoping that Shaka could somehow, some way, claw their way up to uh, 16th. Uh, if I don't care. Between them or, or Hertha, I don't care. One of them's got to go. Indeed, indeed. Chris, before we get into our predictions time and where you can watch uh, the Eintracht uh, versus Bayern, um, let's get to some listener questions, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Um, uh oh, I lost my list of questions. Where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one that was brought up yesterday, I'm going to paraphrase it because I lost my notes here. Um, we were asked as far as uh, um, Bruno leaving, uh, should we be happy about that? Should we be disappointed about that? Um, he did bring us Armin Bay, so twice take that twice. Yeah, um, my personal response to that, uh, I think of the good more than the bad. You know, Armin Bay without Armin Bay, we don't get Nico Kovac, without Nico Kovac, we don't get Adi Hooter. So, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to beat him up for, you know, one bad pick, which was really just a shot in the dark as far as where we were at that point. But, you know, it, I met, I touched on it before. I won't beat it here. Um, we really went from a bottom feeder and, you know, relegation fighting club every single year at the beginning of his tenure to now talking about European qualification year in and year out. So. To me, that deserves a whole lot of praise. And uh, somebody who sticks around for 10 years with a club, you don't stay around that long if you're not having a positive. That's where I stand. Right. Um, let's see. So um, I think we're well-placed. I, I think um, we, if if Bowmage is looking to hire his replacement, we're well, and we can already hit on this, but I'll, We'll try and spin it a different way. The Eintracht, with their current trajectory and where we currently are sitting, the Eintracht comes off as a very interesting uh, opportunity for any burgeoning uh, sporting director to want to join. I think that makes us quite more interesting than a team that's constantly been fighting for relegation that, you know, would be seen as a challenge to get back in the good 
uh, to be getting back out there, but I think we will be a much sexier uh, opportunity and project for uh, a sporting director going forward. And uh, our current spot than uh, we were when uh, he took the job. Well, I think that was fresh after our relegation. <sighs> God, what a shit bird of a spring that was. Anywho's. Uh, but it is remarkable folks to think of know. the turnaround. Um, I can't talk about, uh, I mean, I can talk about, we can talk about Karstich if we want, because I know that some folks believe that we're extremely too reliant on the left side of the pinch, but, you know. But that's where the talent is. I mean, if ideally you would have equal balance, equal um, offense coming from both sides, but that's very rarely the case, uh, unless you're a, a, you know, Manchester City type, a Bayern Munich type. You don't have that kind of feeding and, and that kind of offense flowing through the right and left side. Um, but for where we are, we're serviceable on the right side defensively, and we can move the ball up there. The finishing quality isn't the best, but on the left side, we're as strong as you can be. One of the best uh, delivery guys in the Bundesliga. So to be service serviceable on one side and then um, top class on the other side, is not a bad position. At least we're not weak on either side. Oh, I could totally agree on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other questions? Anything else? Nope. All right, then. Um, let's get to how to watch the Eintracht versus Bayern. And in case anyone was wondering, uh, a little pause there. Uh, if you want to join into the Discord, you're able to then listen in live and then... Uh, if you want to throw popcorn, you can do that. Or, of course, you can uh, <laughs> uh, put in your questions live for our podcast. So another reason to join the Discord conversation. So ways you can watch the Eintracht versus uh, Bayern. So um, uh, the United States, uh, that's ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they'll also have a Deportes feed for that. Um, I can post who the broadcasters will be later, but uh, do not have that information at current at, at, at our recording time this Thursday. Um, let's see. So that is a, a Sky Bundesliga that will be shown in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland uh, in the English language world. Uh, Australia, BN Sports 3 and KO Sports. Uh, you have the Flow Sports app in the Caribbean Nations. Um this is going to be on TV in Canada, uh, sport, uh, Sportsnet East Pacific, all the Sportsnet regional channels, in addition to Sportsnet uh, Now and Sportsnet World. That will be shown there in the Great White North. You got uh, Ireland and the UK, the British Isles. Uh, I'm pretty sure Eddie is not going to be all too chuffed about the way that kind of looping them all together. But hey, they all have a deep BT Sports app and BT Sport 3 that will be showing Eintracht versus Bayern. And of course, our Kiwi friends uh, that is being Sports Connect. So, if you have any questions in terms of how to watch Eintracht versus Bayern, uh, shoot us a tweet or a message or an email and we will respond to that with uh, how to watch it in your country. That being said, Chris, I think it's prediction time before we kind of say adieu uh, or choose to this episode. It is Eintracht and Bayern. It is, to me, the litmus test. It just sucks that we don't have so, but you know what? Screw it. Um, full speed ahead. Uh, damn the torpedoes. Let's just go for it. Um, you may fire one ready, gridly, and uh, let's fire it out at these guys because some of the players uh, for Bayern uh, are not going to be uh, available. So, Gnabry, uh, Costa, Bula, Papard, these guys are going to be out due to injury, COVID. Um, they're going to be also doing a decent uh, rotation of the Eintracht. Uh, uh, the Bayern is going to be do, doing a decent rotation and facing the Eintracht because um, on February the 23rd they play away in Rome. Oh, it's supposed to still be played in Rome, unlike other Champions League spots that are kind of, you know, been moved around, such as the Puskas Arena, which is the hosting home of Gladbach and Leipzig uh, due to, you know, them playing English opposition. Uh, huh. 
see how that kind of backfired on them. Anywho, um, so Bayern has Europe, and that is a much bigger deal. They have a 10-point uh, gap on us, and uh, you know what? They have a five-point gap on Leipzig at the present time. So they got to be looking at us as, you know what? We can throw it away a little bit. We're not going to go uh, full pelt for this. They wrote they will have to rotate due to injuries. I mean, the only thing that we know that's going to be uh, guaranteed to be in there is Lewandowski is going to be up top and Neuer is going to be in the back. I think everything else is kind of still up in the air at the likelihood that if we get out to a one-two goal lead, they will rotate just to keep the bodies fresh for Tuesday because Tuesday is more important than our match at Saturday for them, not us. Yeah. Um, so with Bayern coming off, a, I mean, they've had a difficult, difficult schedule since the beginning of this season, but specifically in the last week, uh, going to, to Qatar to play Tigres and then back against Bielefeld, where they had to fight a lot harder than was expected. They were down 2 0 in that one before they came back and salvaged a tie. And I think they were probably looking ahead a little bit with tired legs from the match earlier in the week, in the weekend. Um, three things stand out to me in this one. Bayern is by far the most talented club. Much as I love who we have and the way they fit their roles, we have a lot of role players in positions where Bayern has um, an excess of talent. Uh, number two, We've got the chip on our shoulder. Um, the way that, that we've bounced back from early season struggles and the way that we still have that that frustration in, in our minds as it relates to Bayern regarding the cup loss last year when I think we were actually the better team on the pitch, uh, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. And I think it's going to be physical. I think we're going to come out and surprise them early on. We're going to be on our toes from the very start. And I think we'll have them on their heels a little bit. Um, taking advantage of where they're playing uh, backup players, like you said, without uh, Nabry and, and Costa and guys like that, their backups are certainly capable. But we're on the roll right now. And I think they're going to be on their heels a little bit. However, uh, I don't see us pulling this out. I think we're going to score first. But I think ultimately the talent will win out, and I'm gonna predict. Don't uh, don't come after me on Twitter or anything. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, I think we're gonna fall three to two. That's my prediction. Huh. Interesting. Um, I think we're gonna hit them pretty hard, just like Bielefeld was able to do. The thing is, they will try and get refocused. But the thing is, what is Bielefeld and what is Eintracht from a defensive standpoint? Um, they don't have the kind of talent that's going to be able to keep back Bayern. We do have the scoring uh, capabilities to hit Bayern right back whenever we want. Yunus, Acebe, Kamada, Jovic, Kostic, um, God. Are we really going to play with two? Uh, are we playing with Durham on the right or not? We'll see. Uh, Tori wouldn't be too bad. Um, I still think that's Tori Silva. played well Ooh. against them before. <laughs> I would prefer to see Tori. Yeah. Um, look, I think this is going to be a difficult one, but you know what? Screw it. We're on a great run. They are kind of just a little bit on the tired side. We can still take them. Let's let's do this. Let's uh, all go for a three to one victory for the Eintracht. I know some people wow. will think that I'm that uh, uh, I'm a little crazy, but you know what? Remember, we didn't expect uh, to kick the every loving shit out of them uh, when we played them uh, last year at home. And remember that head to head matchup. What did that end up? They stole Chris? our coach. We had to get him back. We had to get him back. They stole our coach. Um, but look at that triggered their run of form that was the best in Europe for almost a full calendar year. So, look, I, I hear what you're saying. We have more firepower than we've had against them in the past. Uh, Chris and Austin says we're going to win five to four. So, you know what? 
Um, all right. Um, are we allowed to change predictions? No. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm swinging my prediction uh, as I finish off this this whole Ohio whiskey. I'm going to say we finish with a 3-2 to two win. You guys have made me drink the Kool-Aid. I'm 100% on board. We're going to pull it out 3-2. to two. There we go. That's more like it. Then, you know what? Hey, we'll at least keep the Bundesliga title race open a little bit longer. But then that's all on Leipzig. I know how some people feel about them, but it's getting really boring having Bayern win every year. And 10 points is a hell of a hell of a amount to overcome for any team. And, well, really kind of <laughs> be a toll for any this. team. No we got this. Come to on. To, uh, we win this weekend. That, so. The sky's the limit. I don't care. We win this weekend. The sky is the limit. I'm getting way ahead of myself. And it feels nice to be in a good mood on these things, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And in case someone is wondering how much Kool-Aid we have been drinking, it's quite a lot. And if anyone's wondering uh, what we could possibly do after that, like the sky literally is the limit. Because if we beat Bayern, that suddenly says to the rest of the team that, you know what? We just beat the best that there is. Bremen gonna kick their ass. Stuttgart, the play is tough. We'll beat them. Leipzig, that is literally the next proper test that the Eintracht will then have. And then you have Union. Then you have Dortmund. Win, win. Wolfsburg, good test. Gladbach, possible test. I think that with uh, with this mindset that the team has, that three three result that we had. Um, Against them in December would be a win for the Eintracht. And then Augsburg win. Leverkusen can win. Mainz win. Schalke win. Freiburg win. Oh, wait. That's the rest of the schedule. Can we win out our final 13 matches? Yes. The question is if we do because, you know, we... (laughs) I know we won't win out. Because that is just absurd amount of points that we would then have. 78 points we would set a new club record. But you know what? There is one season for us to just kind of go on dream? a crazy run that just no one is able to stop us. This is the season because we've had great teams before. But the league was just kind of so topsy-turvy that we just weren't able to get proper traction. And this is the best time since the the early to mid-90s, well, really just the early 90s, that we were in position to uh, not just well, be, be within shouting distance of winning the Bundesliga title, but just making the big European competition because all we've ever been making is the UEFA Cup or the Europa League, as is now known as uh, uh, the Cup Winners' Cup, when we have won the Dave Pokal when that was around. And, uh, yeah, the last time we were in the big competition, Chris, the Bundesliga had yet to be formed. We were in the old... Uh, uh, Oberliga, when uh, we were down the Oberliga Sud, and we were constantly uh, being the high-end team there. And hey, we took that all the way to the final, way back when. Good grief, that is going way back when. But anyways, look, we may be drinking the Kool-Aid, but why not? This team has given us a belief, and why don't we just go for it? So, both predicting, and I took victories. One more point of emphasis. Mm. Uh, I need everyone to go get vaccinated because I want to be in Frankfurt for European nights. And that can't happen unless we all get shots. So get it done. Hey, at least you get a direct flight from Detroit. <laughs> I've got I've got That's to true. make a connecting flight or like travel to, well, I guess, the nearest. Hmm. Uh, I guess the nearest city for me to be able to get a direct flight to Frankfurt is Chicago, and even Chicago then, O'Hare is lovely this time of year. Hmm. No, not really. Chicago O'Hare is an awful airport. Um, haven't never been in Chicago airport. Uh, any during this time of year, I can't comment. Uh, I've only been in it one time. I've actually used Midway uh more often than not. So, but not that that really. <laughs> 
not that that really meant that deviation. I was able to get there. But yeah, uh, Kansas City's own airport. Well, seeing as we're renovating the hell out of it, flights are kind of pretty few and far between uh, when it comes to international flights. That's not you know, flying directly to Toronto. So that's the kind of only international flight I can fly nonstop right now. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, the Pokal caught us all off guard and we were able to kind of plan accordingly uh, for that one. But at least with the Buddhist, like if we can get ourselves onto a real run, I mean... I can only imagine that Texas will be highly depopulated as the you know all the hotels in Frankfurt get booked up. But hey, Chris, at least Roman can provide us with a place to crash. That's right, and the Apple Vine to go with it. <sighs> indeed, indeed. All right, we have gone way longer than anticipated on this episode 161 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Chris for joining today uh, it's been great talking to you man keep warm yes everyone if you have the chance to get vaccinated please do uh if you are going to a vaccination appointment or your friends are going to vaccination appointments make sure that they do not go alone so that if there suddenly is someone who does not show up for their vaccination time that is a spare slot that you can then uh nab because they just the way that uh those things are uh packaged up and everything the very moment that they open up uh, a new batch it uh, needs to be used and used ASAP and if you can somehow some way trickle in it just means that you're going to be able to uh, get to Germany faster it means that we're going to be able to attend the matches at the uh, Deutsche Bank Park faster uh, wear a mask be safe get vaccinated and uh, yeah we'll eventually get something a little bit more normalcy in the future. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening. Where can we find you? Social media, Chris. Twitter at C in the D313 and the same name on our Discord channel. And you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. At KCSGE is my Discord channel icon and uh, tag. You can also follow uh, the podcast that is at HEF Pod on Twitter. Uh, hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com is where you can send us uh, uh, your email messages. Facebook.com slash HEF Pod is where you can find uh, this episode once it drops on all other uh, of our previous episodes and previous posts, uh, all concerning Eintracht in the English language, all in one fell, uh, one sweet spot. And we're back on Spotify. Of course, you can find us on Apple and all your uh, podcasting platforms. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening to episode 161 and choose. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la